Welcome back everyone to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in Xamarin development. I am your co-host James Montemagno and with me is Pierce Bogan. A little bit of a delay, but I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And I'm sitting literally right next to you. You queued me up and I still delayed. Yeah, that's correct. We're, we're sitting next to each other. So we are in beautiful Building 25, Channel 9 Studios here in uh, Microsoft Redmond campus. This is where I work on a day-to-day -day basis and Pierce is in for the MVP Summit. That's right. Yeah, exciting things are happening. Um, I was in all week and got a chance to talk to a lot of Microsoft and Xamarin MVPs and hear their thoughts on the product and, and what they like and what they don't like. And it's always good to, to talk to some Xamarins using the product every day and come to Seattle, of course all about the Seattle life. Although the campus is always very scary to me. <laughs> I'm always very scared, James, when I come on campus. Why? Just because there's so many buildings and so many people. It's like scary. It's like the first day of college. You're like, I feel like I am a freshman on first day of college and I'm like wandering around and the people are like gonna like haze me and I'm on the wrong building. And it's very scary. And there's buses running all over the place. And there's all these different buildings and there's these cafeterias and things like that. Because our Boston office, I love our Boston office, but very low-key, very low-key. Low-key. Yeah, it is low-key. I would say that, no, it's pretty accurate. I mean, the campus is very large. I, I took uh, uh, some of my parents around, and we drove around, and I was like, that's only half, because we did the east side first <laughs> and the west side. And, yeah. and then all, at, at the same time, there's actually tons of buildings spread out outside of the east and west campus. And I think there's over 140-some-odd buildings, and some of the buildings are older, some are newer, and we were... Um, we were in the main conference area, which is building 33, which is where most of the conferences take place. But then also we were over in 31, which is crazy. There's like tree houses. I didn't even get to go inside one. Did you get to go inside of them? Yeah, I went. So for those who don't know, there's like these office treehouse things on campus that are were rumored. I've seen like tweets <laughs> from here on, from like on Twitter and stuff like that. But I never actually thought it was real, to be honest. I thought it was just something people were making up. Again, Redmond, classic Redmond campus hazing. So, uh, but yeah, we were wandering around, uh, found the treehouse, went in there. There was, the first one was a little disappointing, gotta say, because um, it was just like a room and you're just like, okay, well, I would never actually be able to actually work in here. This yeah. is cool. But then we went to the other one and there was like an actual, you know, conference table and you had great Wi-Fi and it was, it was actually pretty amazing, but I realized you had to reserve it. <laughs> so we wandered in as people were having a meeting, but that's okay. I like that. I think that uh, I still haven't been in any of them, so it's, it's on my list to do. Uh, but now I know where they're at, and that's what's important. So um, it'll be on my list. But it was, yeah, it was a good week. I think you don't need to be scared about campus. It's big, but really you're only in one or two buildings. That's and true. everyone's super friendly. There's that's great true. food and great coffee uh, in some buildings. <laughs> and uh, and that, that is the, you got to know what buildings to go to. But everyone is very delightful. And it was really cool to see our MVPs now. That said, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to talk about a lot of the stuff that we showed. <laughs> kind of stinks. There's lots of cool stuff. Uh, but... Even though there is a lot of cool stuff that is coming, there's a lot of stuff that just happened and literally this week very timely. We've been talking a lot on the podcast, but we finally, finally, finally released Visual Studio 2017 version 15.6, uh, which pairs over with Visual Studio for Mac version 7.4. Uh, maybe one day we'll just say that they're the same number. I don't know. But <laughs> It's uh, almost like that would make sense or something. Yeah. But this, I think it all falls under the same release. So like yeah. the version 15.6 is just paired with that version, which has some iOS and Android bits and .NET Core bits and pieces in there. And what's really cool with this release is some uh, really new stuff that we're doing with uh, iOS. 
yeah. uh, specifically around, I, I want to say, three important parts. One, we're, we're talking about this automatic macOS environment setup, uh, which is cool. Oh, iOS Wi-Fi deployment, which we'll talk about. And also um, our kind of live XAML previewing in the remoted iOS simulator with the live player and that the live player, the remoted iOS simulator is, of course, free for everyone. We've mentioned that over and over again. And that's yep. bundled into this release as well. So the first one, Pierce, maybe you can really talk through, which is this Mac OS environment setup. And what does that mean for a developer? Maybe someone brand new who's never installed Xamarin ever. Exactly. So you, everyone knows and loves environment setup. My, I love the setting up my environment. That's my most favorite thing. What, uh, what do they have to do today for Xamarin so development? If I'm a Xamarin developer who's working on Windows, and I'm also building iOS applications, obviously I need that Mac. I need to connect to the Mac. That's where the builds happen. So what I have to actually do, say 15.6 just came out. Mm -hmm. I need to go over to not only update my Windows machine, but also go over to Mac, update that, make sure they're all synced up correctly, and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. And it, I mean, it's, it's a process. Um, and if you're switching back and forth, not even just at release time, but back and forth between stable and preview, and you're all over the place like I am, uh, it's a kind of a pain in the butt to change between all these different versions. So what we, were, what we noticed is that, um, well, if we are trying to make uh, iOS development and Windows amazing, which you just mentioned some amazing features we're going to be talking about, why would we want people to have to go over to the Mac all the time to do these things? And so what we actually do is when you connect to the Mac, we look at that Mac and we say, OK, do you have everything you need as a Xamarin developer to do iOS? If not, let's install it for you. So we'll install Mono for you. We'll install Xamarin iOS for you. Uh, even if you've installed Xcode and you haven't accepted the, you know, that, uh, the uh, license terms, sometimes you have to go back over to the Mac for that. Uh, you don't even have to do that anymore. We actually remote that over to Windows. So you can just click Accept over there. Um, so it's really, really cool um, because you don't have to go through the process of going back over to the other machine um, and making sure everything's in sync. And the thing that I really like is you used to just get these like very vague, like there's a version conflict of some kind between your build host and your Windows machine, and it was very vague. Now we just install it for you. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's very nice. And you might wonder, like, well, okay, if I'm constantly switching back and forth between maybe a preview build and a stable build, I'm just constantly re-downloading things, and that doesn't exactly seem ideal either. Well, we actually cache all the installers over on the Mac, so if I'm switching back and forth between preview and stable, it's actually pretty quick, because all we're doing is just rerunning the installer locally on Mac. Yeah, what's really nice is this also handles the setup of if you need Xcode, the dependencies, the license agreement. And one important thing really to mention is that a lot of developers have, have asked, you know, when I need to just do iOS development, well, today I need to go to a Mac, I need to install Visual Studio for Mac, I need, which installs .NET Core, which installs iOS, Android, Mac yeah. development, all yeah. these things. Well, with this setup, it actually doesn't need to install all that. It only installs the bits. So if you, d let's say you don't ever install yeah. Visual Studio for Mac uh, on your Mac, <laughs> you'd still be able to do iOS development. I think that's really cool because it's going to uh, help developers get started even faster. You won't even have to go over to that Mac or do anything because you'd be SSH'd in So once you set that up. Now, of course, once you have that set up, well, some perks is, of course, that you can um, start using the remoted iOS simulator. It's included in all versions of Visual Studio. And that does pair with the Xamarin Live Player, which is really cool. Um, and you can actually just go and select a simulator and say Live Run. And if you don't have a device, it'll pop it right up. And we've updated that version, so the one that ships in there supports like .NET Standard, a bunch of other goodies in there as well, which is nice. Uh, 
At the same time, Xcode recently and, and Apple recently introduced Wi-Fi deployment. And, and how that works is uh, traditionally you'd go over to your, your, your Mac and you'd plug in your iPhone and it would pop up and inside of Visual Studio 2017 to say that you can yeah. debug here. Of course, you have your certs and everything like that right. set up correct. Uh, but now, uh, once you do an initial pairing process over on your Mac, uh, it'll just show up inside of Visual Studio via Wi-Fi with no wires and then essentially re re wirelessly debug to that iOS device. Yeah, I mean, you, before crazy. you kind of had to have, if you wanted to do device deployments, you had to have that Mac literally sitting right next to your Windows machine, plug it in. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind that's not exactly ideal as a Windows developer. As someone who loves working in Visual Studio on Windows, I don't want to be doing that. And so now, like you said, one-time setup. Now, it does need to be on the same net. The device and the Mac have to be on the same network, so it's mm -hmm. not going to work if, if that's not the case. But after that one-time setup, your device is just going to show up, and you can wireless deploy. Uh, and I know there's a lot of demand for stuff like this, so I'm very, very excited about that. I think it makes... Between, like you said, between the iOS remoted sim being available, you know, for all editions of Visual Studio now, and this, I think as an iOS developer, it makes things so much simpler for doing simulator builds and device builds. Yeah, absolutely. And what's really cool here is that uh, there's great documentation, great guides already set up for this. But this all also brings um, full swing our new support for Android 8.1, yep. uh, which is the Oreo uh, bump release API 27. And it also um, uh, updates iOS uh, and adds some finalization to a few APIs, such as CoreML. They're already there, but there's a little bit more smoothing and optimization as far as editing the CoreML and viewing some things. Uh, so some niceties, some, some things that if you're doing that type of work, we've, we've tried to optimize and ensure you have the latest and greatest there. Uh, and it's all there. Yeah, it's all, it's all available now today. You can install the preview, and, and the, the big perk here is that obviously there will be a 15.7 preview that will come out, may even be out by the time it's out, I'm not sure when it's going to release. But then, of course, if you have the side-by-side, -side, like I do on my machine, yep. now both 15.6, 15.7 are going to have that set up for the Mac, where it'll automatically install the right bits based on what you're using, Yeah, which is super cool. Yeah. Super cool, and there's a great blog post that highlights all these and has a video by Matthew Sukup, I believe, in here. Uh, demoing all the new features, so definitely check out some of that cool stuff. Uh, in other news, uh, we've also uh, enhanced support for Urho Sharp, which is our uh, cross-platform 3D and 2D platform and engine, essentially. Urho is, is what we're building on top of, uh, but Urho Sharp is this uh, great engine off of Urho 3D, and we created a cross-platform binding and what's really great here is we've added a whole bunch of new features uh, to align with the 7.1.8 uh, uh, release, which has a bunch of like new features uh, if you're doing that type of development. But at the same time, what's really big here is that uh, we have integrated uh, tons of augmented reality goodies into here. And what that means is that we now have cross-platform support for Android's AR Core, mm. iOS AR Kit, and Mixed Reality with the HoloLens which is super cool. Um, so if you're looking to get in, it's just a NuGet. We have some templates um, in there. If uh, you're not like me, <laughs> I'm not really a Linux developer per se, but if you're doing Linux development, they've actually added some preliminary support to do Linux uh, with Urho Sharp, which is pretty cool. Uh, and we highlight all of this. It's not only open source on GitHub. There's a NuGet and a great documentation to get you started. So a lot of developers, they come and they, they get started with Xamarin 
maybe they need a 3D, you know, 3D model or they need a 2D graph or something like that. And we have really these two great libraries uh, that we're really, really pushing and Miguel has been pushing for yeah. ever, which is Urho Sharp and also Skia Sharp. So Skia is uh, Google's 2D engine that powers a lot of things in, in Android and Chrome and is a drawing engine. Uh, so we took that to the next level and, and did Skia Sharp, added additional views and cross-platform views for Xamarin Forms, for instance. So between Skia Sharp and Urho Sharp, you have these great 2D and 3D engines and drawing frameworks that you can really uh, do crazy things uh, with. And even Skia Sharp's gotten a whole bunch of cool new features like SVG support and awesome and a bunch of awesome, really cool stuff. So definitely take a look at those releases and the blog posts, of course. Yeah, and I mean, the cool thing about Skia uh, specifically is at first I'm like, okay, well, where am I actually adding all this graphic? Like, if I'm, if I'm building a quote-unquote boring app that doesn't have all these super involved pieces, how am I going to use Skia? And then I was using the ESPN app the other day, and I was looking at some spring training because I just started for the Red Sox. So I was super excited. I was following that along, and they ha they're rendering a baseball field and kind of like what's happening, where the hit's going, and they're doing stuff like that. And I was like, oh, well, I guess this is 2D graphics they're doing here. And so there's all these kind of like subtle places where you're like, oh, that, you know, that's probably some sort of 2D graphics. And as someone who's not a great graphics programmer, I will say like, and especially working with, especially the iOS graphics stack, I am so happy that I now have this abstraction that I can work with that makes things so much simpler. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, we're continuing a whole bunch of awesome stuff with Xamarin University. Uh, and actually, you'll see a lot of, uh, new announcements on our blog, some new courses. And Pierce, they, uh, they announced a brand new course, which I was pretty happy about. Yeah. You know, uh, which happens to be navigation patterns in Xamarin Forms. And I know you had a chance to take a look at all what was included in that. Yeah, so I mean, when you're building, as a mobile developer, I think, especially when you're coming from somewhere else, there's all these different patterns that you're familiar with. Like, especially if you're an Android developer or you're an iOS developer, you're or wherever you're coming from, maybe desktop, you're biased in terms of what patterns you think should, or how an, a user should flow through an application. Like you might be biased towards a flyout or like a, a tab view, or uh, you might just be like, let's just have everything be like push pop nav and I don't want anything else. Um, and so reconciling those and figuring out how can I build a mobile app that works on all these different platforms uh, takes advantage of kind of what would feel native to a developer in terms not only of the controls because obviously Xamarin Forms controls are native controls, but also navigation. Does that feel native to each platform? And that's something that is always confusing. I think, uh, especially when you're getting started, even as you move forward. Like when we were architecting the Evolve app, we're like, okay, like we could just shove all this in this in this flyout, but do we really want to do that? Does that always does that work great on iOS? Does it not work great? And uh, and so I think making those choices a lot of times can have a huge impact on how your app is received. And to be honest, we have documentation. We've always had documentation on here's how you use this type of page, here's how you use this type of page. But I don't think we've really had something that's a bit more nuanced. It's like, okay, here's where you would want to use this page, this page, this page. And so Xamarin University went and added a course, uh, which if you don't subscribe to Xamarin University, they do have a free trial. So you can actually access this course through the free trial. Uh, and they also now have monthly bill billing, if I'm uh, if I'm mm -hmm. correct, and mm -hmm. you can actually go in and, and check out this course. It, I'm really excited about it. I mean, they've continued to add a whole bunch of content. I know they've added a lot of forms content, a lot of content, new content around the new iOS and Android APIs, and then also around some new cool stuff happening in Azure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a good uh, forum blog post by Karina, uh, who is uh, part of the Xamarin University team, 
And she highlights that not only did they release this, they also released a really great uh, shorter course about making images and icons and everything look great across Ooh. all the crazy form factors on iOS because there's yeah. uh, not only you know 2x, 3x, there's other considerations there. And, and at the same time, um, some uh, other Xamarin universities, there's tons of free videos like you were mentioning. There's also these lightning lectures. There's one on the Android job scheduler and one on multi-targeting um, from Jason. Uh, uh, I'm not even going to say Jason's last name. Is it Debover? Debover? Deboy? Deboy? I'm very, very bad with names. Yeah. There's all sorts of other stuff, too. <laughs> there's um, some stuff from uh, Sam Basu from Telerik, some Azure AD, ARKit, and ARCore, some Netduino development, and you can just go and watch them uh, in the guest lectures, which is cool. An important update, too, is that Xamarin University is switching over to using Microsoft accounts. Uh, I recently did this because uh, I had my old Xamarin account and switched over to using Microsoft account. We did that many a moons ago for the actual IDE and Xamarin when, when things happen. So it's now been almost two years. So Xamarin University is making that change. So when you log in, you'll have a way to essentially pair your existing account with your Microsoft account. So I did that and it was extremely smooth. It, it took less than um, like a minute to do. So just be aware if you haven't signed in or things like you're signing up for the first time, that's, that's how the new registration process uh, will work, which is um, super fancy schmancy, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's nice being able to use, um, as someone who has to frequently log into many different services, it's nice, like there's not all these rando accounts all over the place anymore. I mean, it only makes sense that you're logging in with your Microsoft account. Yeah, and at the same time, you're, you're going to see this throughout because I think as as someone does have a lot of services, you know, I, I log into VSTS, I log into Azure, I go to App Center, I still go to some other accounts, and I go to Xamarin, I go to, to IDEs, I'm all over the place. And even NuGet, right, which is a Microsoft uh, property, uh, NuGet is, is uh, deprecating their NuGet accounts, and you sign in with your Microsoft oh, account nice. now. Um, that's happening at some point in the near future. But I've linked, you were able to link your account for about ever. So I had done that a long, long time ago. And, and actually, oh, wow, um, NuGet has now reached 7 billion download packages, which is pretty cool. Crazy. I'm That's just happen to be on the NuGet side just <laughs> right now. People don't know what NuGet is. That was our pack, package manager to you to get all the awesomeness. So when you install Xamarin Forms or uh, other libraries or plugins, that's how you're getting them. Um, yeah. And there's also a bunch of blog posts on uh, not just new announcements about how to do stuff. We always like to highlight some awesomeness that's happening. Uh, just in the world of, as I get started as a developer, what's next? So what do you got for us, Pierce? I got, I got a little Tizen action. Well, Tizen, what is Tizen? Can you, can you describe what Tizen is? Uh, yeah, so I'll try my best, and you might have to correct me. But uh, sure. it's just another operating system where you can, it's, it's kind of, in my opinion, I mean, I might be mis misrepresenting it, but it runs on all these different devices and form factors. Like it runs on, uh, it runs on a TV, it runs on watches, it runs on tablets and phones. Uh, so it's running in many different places, uh, similar to some of the other mobile OSs that are now running on, t like iOS runs on TV, watch, phone, tablet, similar thing, um, except for Tizen devices, right? Uh, so that's Samsung, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, yep, so um, so it's pretty cool. A couple years ago, was it a couple years ago or a year ago at Connect? I think it was around a year, it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, Tizen was like, you know what, we're going to go all in as our, with our development platform with Xamarin Forms. So we're actually, when you build a Tizen app, you're building a Forms app. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, their standard. It's their, how you build their user interface. And they have a .NET runtime, uh, .NET Core as their runtime. 
uh, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, um, so yeah, uh, we got a guest blog up on the Xamarin blog from the actual Samsung Tizen team saying, okay, if you are building a Xamarin Forms app, here's how you target uh, Tizen devices. And I was just talking to uh, NMVP yesterday, and it was really cool because he was telling me he had built an application for um, iOS and Android, and then also wanted to target UWP. And when Forms added that UWP backend, it's nice because you can just add that backend. Certainly, you're not going to get all the way there. It's not going to be perfect automatically. But you can get a, a decent amount of the way there, do some optimizations, and you support that platform. And I yeah. think that's one of the really powerful things about Forms. As you get these new backends, it's just like, let me add a, a, a project to my existing solution, and I now support a new platform. And Tizen runs in a lot of these really cool places, um, like TVs. I mean, now basically every TV is a smart TV, I think, that they're selling. So mm -hmm. that's like an untapped market for us as developers, where I think like obviously the big companies are out there, like Amazon and uh, Netflix and like all the, you know, the obviously the video streaming services. Um, but for us as developers, that's another like frontier that we haven't really quite gotten to, in my opinion, yet. Yeah, and at the same time, it's when you reach the TV, and, and since you're building with Xamarin, uh, you're able to reach all sorts of platforms, including Android TV or Apple TV. And another kind of great uh, blog post, that a feature I didn't even know Apple released from uh, um, Adam Hartley, he did this blog post, and something brand new called TVML, yep. uh, which sounds like TV machine learning, but that's not what it <laughs> that's is. That's not what it was. It's not, yeah, TVML, is, it's... You can think of it as a remote view for your TV yeah. uh, application on Apple TV. And, and this kind of makes sense because uh, often developers need to dynamically load uh, content, especially when you're doing streaming services or things like that. You can't build everything in. No. You want to change things or you may need to change things on the fly. So TVML kit uh, gives uh, a way to host JavaScript and HTML files that can be served up to your uh, native uh, application. And Adam walks through how to essentially build a small little web application and host it inside of Azure, and then load that from your native uh, tvOS application, which is cool. This is crazy. I know this yeah. isn't a, a visual medium, but I was just opening my mouth toward James, like, what? What the what? Because this is kind of crazy. This isn't really something they have on iOS no. like, as a concept. This is. Maybe it's an experiment to see what happens, but could be. It's it's, it's interesting for sure. I, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, and I think it's different on the TV because you're always. True. I mean, if you're not connected to the internet, essentially nothing works because because <laughs> yeah. it is a yeah. those devices are consumption devices. That's so true. Yep. nothing works if you're not online. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. And I know because often one time we our power went out in our building. And I have I have uh, battery backup generators, not generators, but backup you know, APCs essentially, and they can power on anything. They, they they provide clean power to all my devices, but they also will ensure safe shutoff. So if the power goes off, things can gracefully shut down. So there's been a few times where the grid the grid in Seattle is sometimes a little flaky uh, in our area. We're just building too much, and and, and they're popping some popping some. Uh, Electricity, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you do with electricity. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting because uh, when that happens, like all the lights will shut off, but then my TV stays on and my Android TV stays on. But then Netflix will have buffered. Like it'll continue to stream a little bit and then to stop. And yeah. then that's it. pretty. It's quite interesting. So yeah, that's it. my that's my story of of internet on television. <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, speaking of something that is ML and actually has it in its uh, in its title, uh, CoreML, it's a thing. Um, so machine learning on your iOS device, pretty amazing. Um, I think you put it pretty well. You were talking to someone the other day. You were saying like how you felt like when you're like, what else is there to do with mobile? What's the next frontier? I feel like we've we've added all the controls we can add. We can certainly add some other controls, but um, like all the base controls are there. And you're like, well, like you can see both from like Apple and from Google and for even from Microsoft. I think yesterday they announced Win and ML. Um, you can see that. ML and like bringing smart uh, intelligence into your applications is the next frontier. And for me, it's ML. It just sounds very scary and academic. <laughs> um, at least when I was in when I was in college, I took like a ML class. It was basically like um, we learned about all the algorithms, like A star, and you're like, how do I write like a Roomba app in theory? Because of course we'd never actually do it. Um, and so that was that was cool. But I was like, this is largely academic. It it, it seems very complicated. Um, but Microsoft has done a really good job of like promoting AI. They have an AI school. There's a lot of videos on Channel 9 about AI for getting started. But even kind of making it even simpler, like, OK, I'm not ready to take the full step, full dive into ML. I just want to do a little bit of ML. I got some stuff, uh, maybe some images I need to recognize. Well, like Microsoft has built a whole bunch of services around this concept of AI and ML. Um, cognitive services, which kind of wrap the more common things that people try and do with AI. And there's a really cool service called the Azure Custom Vision Service. And basically what you can do is you can take some images. So say I wanted to recognize pictures of James Montemagno, but really you're doing things like, uh, like I want to recognize this sort of flower. I want to recognize this sort of animal or something like that. Um, you can basically upload a whole bunch of photos. You tag them with the metadata you want. Um, so it's not very complicated, very, very straightforward. Um, and you can actually, from that website, you just download models. It'll generate. CoreML models, and what's the Android models called? Uh, uh, TensorFlow models. TensorFlow models. And you can integrate these straight into your Xamarin apps, um, which is pretty cool. And in Visual Studio, James mentioned, we already had support for iOS 11 and the latest and greatest in Android as well, but we kind of made it even better. Um, and in the latest release, we added support for CoreML editors. Um, so basically, you can do CoreML in Visual Studio on Windows for your iOS app, which is pretty crazy. So you download those models, and you just add them to your app. And, uh, and uh, Prashant, who works on our team, has really, really written a great post that just shows how simple this is. He uploaded some images, downloaded the model, added it to his iOS app, literally added like 10 lines of code, and he's recognizing like the link sword. Um, so it's, it's pretty crazy that like with just a few lines of code and really, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for Prashant, but it, you don't have to know anything about AI or ML to do that. And, uh, and so I'm really excited about stuff like that. But yeah, the great blog post. And if you're kind of like me and you're always a little, you're like, this is exciting, but also a little scary, um, stuff like that, like the custom Azure Vision service, um, cognitive services, all that sort of thing is very, there's even these, I didn't know about this, James, but there's these cool things called um, like uh, Cortana Intelligent Solution. They're like pre-built templates for doing different things. And so um, like right now, I'm working on a blog where you can actually pull down. Basically, you, you pre-deploy this uh, solution that's made for recommendations. So if you wanted to do like item to item or like cart recommendations or something like that, um, like I'm writing a post right now where it's, OK, let's actually um, build like a Microsoft Store app. And when I go and look at, um, look at Titanfall, what are, the, what are the other recommendations for games that are frequently bought with this? And you can do that literally like without knowing anything about ML or AI 
using these pre-built templates, which is pretty amazing. And I mean, those things are pretty robust too. You can do like, you know, friend suggestions and things like that with that same concept. So pretty excited. I know that wasn't what I was supposed to talk about, but um, it was something, it's a personal passion of mine and something I'm interested in and uh, all about it. Nice, I love it. Yeah, there's all sorts of goodies. Um, all about it. In the machine learning, it blows my mind. All right, well, let's wrap it up. There's a few other good blog posts to highlight. Uh, Matthew Sukup came on, one of our CDAs here, talk about yep. how awesome behaviors, behaviors are. Uh, and I also have him on the Xamarin show that should be coming out in a few weeks here, uh, which is cool. I had tons of MVPs come on and talk about awesome stuff. And then Brad did an awesome blog post furthering iOS 11 support, getting your applications ready on, on integrating the new search bar with large titles. So that's quite uh, an interesting scenario because of how search bars works and navigation works and large bars work and all this stuff in iOS 11 that you could be adding to your application. So if you're doing some, uh, some dev over on iOS, definitely go ahead and check that blog post out because it's super nifty and of course there's great documentation along the way. Well, I think that's it, Pierce. Um, I think we crushed it, crushed the news. I think, I think we crushed some news. Uh, I was sad that we ran out of time, didn't get a chance to talk about The Bachelor, but maybe we can save that for next episode. I think so. Yeah. Um, well, we all know that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, <laughs> a special a, episode <laughs> of the Xamarin podcast. We can do after after the Xamarin, after the Xamarin podcast. Uh, so stick around uh, after the show here if you want a little Bachelor uh, sneak peek. Yeah. So I think that's it. Uh, do you got a pick of the week at all? No, no. I don't have a pick of the week. Sorry. Pick of the weeks. None. No pick of the weeks. Everything is a pick of the week this week. Yeah. Uh, I think that we we just been so crazy. James is busy. my James is my pick of the week. You're my pick of every <laughs> week. Uh, all right. So you can check us out all over the internet. I'm at James Monson Magno. Pierce is at Pierce Bogan. Uh, you can check out our blogs. You can check out uh, the Xamarin blog. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast application. So I think that's about it, Pierce. Uh, anything else from uh, your side of the woods? Nope. Nope. All right. So uh, stick around if you want for the Bachelor uh, rundown <laughs> from Pierce and James. Else, thanks for tuning in. And now basically everyone is left. Everyone's left. We're talking so, to ourselves now. So at this point, uh, we'll be real quick and short. Did you get to watch both after the final rows as well? I did not get to watch after the final rose. So I don't know actually what happens day two, and it's fine if okay. you spoil it. We Spoiler alert spoiler on the alert. front end, because I know everyone here who's still listening is watching The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, Winter Games. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, this, this season, man, this season, I felt like it was a little bit predictable until it wasn't, and then I was angry. I was at James's house watching this, by the way. <laughs> I was angry, shocked, um, mad, um, sad. I had every emotion on the spectrum of emotions that you can have watching that finale. Because we got like halfway through and we were like, okay, the rose, just so everyone knows, background, I'm getting too excited. Um, so basically, uh, the show is you have, there's either Bachelor or Bachelorette. Um, it's either a male or female. And then you go on the show and there's a whole bunch of, um, of people. You go through the show, people get eliminated. And at the end, there's two people left. And, uh, and there's a proposal. And so the first person comes up, her name is Lauren, um, and the guy's name is Ari, he's the bachelor. And, uh, and they get, and he's like, I, I can't marry you. Can't marry you. Can't marry you. Can't do it. But as 
they like say goodbye and do the hugs and of course, like, oh, I can't marry you. I know I've ruined your life, but let me give you a hug real quick. Um, gives her a hug. She says, I love you, James. Mm, yeah. And he yeah. says, I love you too. I love you too. And I gasped. <laughs> I mean, you just said you can't marry this person. You're, it's not even just that. You're about to go propose to someone else literally within the next 30 minutes. Yeah. And you just said you love some. It's it's so strange, by the way, how they say they love you to like six people at the same time. That's that's a little weird, but um, but I guess we need to suspend some reality for the show. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know in, in the in the Bachelor Nation, the the you know we were saying now when we were watching it. I mean, most of it I think was all planned, especially afterwards when you watch yep. after the final rose and you see additional proposals and people hanging out. Uh, I think in general, all of it was very. Executed. I think a lot of discussion comes around should they have aired it that way. I read a uh, interview yesterday with yeah. the producers of The Bachelor, and they're like, "Well, we have to evolve with the time." And a lot of the cam footage was iPhone cam footage that we were showing, and then you know they brought it to our attention. So, I mean, obviously they know the ratings are a little bit down, so kind of bringing it back up and changing the format a little bit. It seems yeah. like this might be a recurring theme of giving a follow up of more of how the couple's doing because once. Once airing, or once they stop recording, there's still months. Months have passed. Yeah. So almost two and a half months have passed since the actual proposal took place. Um, you know, I think that uh, for all of it, Ari was a, not a great bachelor no. uh, overall. But we knew that literally the first yeah. four episodes going in. Not to say that he's not uh, a good person, because I've never met Ari. I don't know people that right, met him course. said he's yeah. a good person. And you know, I think that some of the a uh, podcast I listen to, the the end all be all, has really come down to saying that you know, you know, it's kind of kind of a crappy thing to do, obviously, it, clearly, uh, but at the same time, if if uh, that wasn't in his heart, he doesn't want to drag yeah, someone. You don't want to drag someone out. I think how they did it and like the the that, that's the, what makes me more angry. Yeah, is the production angle of it. Like, it's not hit. I mean. It obviously is not ideal, but it's not, I mean, if he doesn't love, if he can't marry this person, he shouldn't go through with it just to go through with it, clearly. But the thing that just upset me is it was like, this was, he, he clearly, or someone called the show again to say, hey, I'm going to break off an engagement and I'm interested in the other, in the other woman that I did not propose to. And they had all the producers and camera crew there, whereas the way that it could have been handled is... I'm just going to do this, you know, obviously everyone's still going to find out about this, but I don't have to subject Becca to this in front of a national TV audience, uh, in front of everyone. Now, that being said, I am outraged, <laughs> but I, it's totally fake outrage because I'm totally going to be watching next season, Bachelorette, yeah, right? Of so, like, I was angry, but at the same time, I was like, well, am I going to still be watching this next season? And the answer is yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. It doesn't of matter. Course. And I will say, though, do you watch all of, all of Winter Games, correct? I did not watch all of Winter Games. Oh, it was fantastic. No. It was way better than the season of The Bachelor. And I hope that I'm not a big Bachelor in Paradise fan. We did watch it was the first season that we watched. Uh, these are spinoffs uh, of it because it's Bachelor all year round. Yep. Uh, Gotta make money. One thing I will say that I, since I don't podcast on Bachelor professionally, you know, there are people that do that. Oh, yeah, like, sure. like yeah. I listen to Bachelor Party and uh, Here to Make Friends. Yep. Um, you know, um, and, you know, I'm always here for the right reason because I'm here on the podcast with you, Pierce, crushing it. <laughs> 
But some people are not here this season for the right reason. No. I think Bachelor in Paradise is like it's just a smorgasbord of, of ridiculousness. It is very short. Bachelor uh, Bachelor Winter Games was fantastic because it was Olympics this year. I didn't watch really very much Olympics. Uh, but I will say it was a lot of Bachelor. I mean, there was yeah. seven or eight hours of Bachelor some weeks. Yeah. That's with if you were watching commercials, which obviously we're not animals and we don't do that. So <laughs> we, uh, we tried out the YouTube TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it seemed to work all right. We, we we get over the air TV, so we just record the episode. Nice. And then we pause it and then like, skip through the commercials. But we tried it out, a seven-day trial. Don't think I'm going to keep it, but we were having people over. So we wanted you to make sure that's one of that perfect stream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I... So I like Bachelor in Paradise for the same reasons that you hate Bachelor in Paradise. Because <laughs> I watch... I love terrible television and reality TV. I watch Real Housewives. I watch all of these shows. Um you know, Dance Moms, <laughs> I'm watching all these shows. Um, Jill gets me into them, my wife. Um, so I actually love Bachelor in Paradise for the exact opposite reason of why you hate it. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, it's for me, it's just like The Bachelor. You have to accept it for what it is. And once you do that and you are working within the constructs of what this show is it, and you appreciate it for what it is, then it's a much better show. But if you're like, I expect this to be like The Bachelor, well, it's just not. That's not what the show is. It's much more reality TV. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not that the not that the Bachelor is also not that, but no. I mean, I, I take I take Bachelor and any of the adjacent Bachelor adjacent shows with a grain of salt, and we a lot of people are like, oh, I can't believe you can sit down and watch that. I'm like, we're not really wa you're not yeah. really yeah. watching it. That's yeah. the thing is, it's great. It's it's great background noise, and often we're crushing some code, uh, HVL and me, and then. Uh, or just doing other things, yeah. and it, it's there in the background. Some episodes we will we'll pay more closer attention to, but honestly, in the beginning, you're just like, I'm not going to remember any of these people. Well, and, and you know. people are just doing ridiculous things in the, in the first couple episodes, because everyone comes in with a different strategy. You, you, some people are like, I want to be ridiculous, the ridiculous person, who actually, honestly, I'm, the show, in my opinion, keeps them around to keep it interesting, even though they have no shot. And then there's always the people who are much more quiet and reserved, and that's also a tricky strategy, because... You're like, the show obviously is not showing all the footage, so you don't know if they're making connections, um, the Bachelor, Bachelorette, and this person or not, or if they're just quiet and the person just likes them anyways. Yeah. So there's all these different types. And so, yeah, I agree. At the beginning, you're just like, there's 25 or however many people here. I'm not going to remember these people. And after, I will say, like, after, like, a month, when it's much, it's like a group of, like, you know, six, seven people, you feel much more like, okay, I feel like I'm invested in these people, like, on uh, two seasons ago on The Bachelor, um, I felt like I was at a point where I was significantly invested in seeing, like, because that's when they're, like, doing, like, t talking about their families and what they're interested in. And you actually start to, like, these are real people that you're starting to, like, get to know. Yeah. And you feel bad for them when it doesn't work out. And it's, you're obviously going to feel bad for one of them if you get invested in multiple, multiple people. Um, but, yeah, I mean, totally agree. We could talk about Bachelor all day. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. That is the problem. All right. Well, I think that's it for um, this week's episode yeah. of uh, the Xamarin Podcast. <laughs> bonus episode and on the Bachelor finale. Bonus Bachelor finale. Yeah. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> All right. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.